a moment of power. It's time for a Moment of Power podcast with Pastor Johnny Henderson, being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Listen, let's stand. Let's go to the word. Psalm chapter 1. Psalm 1. I'm going to start a new series today. New series. New series. I'm starting a week early. We're going to spend, I'm calling it a summer in the Psalms. Summer in the Psalms. We're going to kick it off a week early. Memorial Day is the, the unofficial start of the summer, so we'll, we'll kick it off a week early. Amen. 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 Psalm 1, it's only six verses. I'm going to read this morning. I'm using the English Standard Version. The English Standard Version. Listen to these words. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. The church say, but. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chafe that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. That's good news right there. The Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The way of the wicked will perish. I want to use as a topic this morning a blueprint to blessedness. A, a blueprint to blessedness on this Pentecost Sunday. Amen. Let's pray, God. We thank you for the opportunity to stand before your people again to declare your holy word. God, I pray now for a fresh anointing. I pray, God, that you would use me in your own special way. I pray, God, that you would help me to articulate what I have typed on these pages. I pray that the the message will be clear, that it will be understandable, and most of all, that your people will be edified by it, and that you will be glorified through everything, by everything that comes out of my mouth. So God, I, I just surrender to you right now. Thank you, God, for entrusting me with this incredible responsibility to share your word with your people. So, God, I thank you. I love you. I give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. And, God, if there's anyone here that has not received the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that the ultimate result is salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, God, bless our time together. Bless this word. Bless all of your people. May we all leave different than what we came through that day. That the word will shift our thinking and it will alter our behavior to be more like your son, Jesus. This is our prayer. We pray it in the, in the name of Jesus, Christ our Redeemer. Amen. 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 You may take your seat. You may take your seat. Give the ushers a hand as they go to your seats. Amen. A blueprint to blessedness. What does it mean to be happy? Many songs across multiple genres of music try to articulate what it means to be happy. Our dear brother Pharrell Williams, he has a song called Happy. You've heard it before. 
The chorus goes, clap, clap, clap along if it feels like a room without a roof. He says, clap along if you feel like happiness is the truth. He says, clap, clap along if you know what happiness is to you. Then he finishes it up saying, clap along if you feel like that's what you want to do. Kirk Franklin also sings a song. He says, I just want to be happy. Now, if I, as I listen to that song, the lyrics, the lyrics try to help the listener understand why happiness is so evasive. Yes. Stick with me for a little bit. Understand why happiness is so evasive. He says, I just want to be happy, but if I keep on doing the things that keep on bringing me pain, there's no one else I can blame. If I'm not happy, waste of time, but now I can see the biggest enemy is me. There is, so I'm not happy. Brother Franklin goes on to say, cry yourself to sleep. Shout and raise your hands. It won't change a thing, child, until you understand if you're tired of being the same, if you're tired of doing things not changing, it's time for you to get out of the Wait, somebody knows that song. <laughs> but I love this part. Kirk says, don't get stuck in how you feel. Say, Jesus, take the wheel. He knows the road that you need to take. Say, Jesus, take the wheel. Perhaps that's why our happiness is so evasive because we won't let Jesus take the wheel. Kurt Franklin says he knows the road that we all need to take. Do I have any witnesses in the house this morning? I love it. He says, don't get stuck in how you feel. In other words, you can't, you can't let feelings drive you happy. I'm getting ready to go somewhere. In just a second, watch this. I will text today, y'all. I'll text today. It's a very, very familiar passage. I read it in a different version that you used to, but it's still the same nonetheless. Amen. We've read the song all of our lives. Many of us have learned the psalm as a children, and some of us have committed it to memory. But the psalm, y'all, is instructional instead of devotional. Did you hear me? It's instructional, not devotional. Some psalms are devotional, some are instructional. It's instructional because it tells us how we can be blessed. That's what it tells us. There are many passages, y'all, of Scripture that tell us what it means to be blessed. But I believe this one brings it into a clearer focus. It's simply, y'all, this passage is a blueprint to how you and I can, can consider ourselves blessed. Ultimately blessed by God. It's a blueprint to be blessed for whomever you are, wherever you are, and whatever you may do. But it always intrigues me. The psalm starts out with the word blessed. Let the church say blessed. Bless. The psalm begins with this announcement that those who live in line with God's instructions are blessed. Yeah. This word blessed in the, in the Hebrew is asrei, which translates to happy. Blessed is nothing more than happy or happiness. But I want you to understand uh, this is this happiness in the Hebrew Osiris is not a it's not a superficial state of happiness. Did you hear me this morning? Yeah. It's not a it's not a state of happiness that goes and comes, comes and goes based on who, what, when, and where. 
Superficial happiness, y'all. A superficial happiness is dangerous because it ebbs and flows based on who is around or what you have or where you're at or when certain things are happening. That's why Kirk says, don't, be, don't base your happiness on how you feel. Why still say superficial happiness can come and go at any time because it would always be based on certain conditions being met. Did you, have, did you hear me? It, it, a superficial happiness is always based on certain conditions being met. If, if, if I'm only happy on payday, then, then perhaps I'm happy too long. Amen. I won't be happy too long. But listen to this. If, if I'm only happy on payday, perhaps my happiness is attached to money or financial income. If I'm only happy when certain people are around, then my happiness is attached to people. If I'm only happy when I, I go certain places, then I'm only basing my happy on a location. We're all guilty of it. I can't wait to go here. I can't wait to go there. I can't wait to see this person or that person. Lord, I can't wait to pay me. But Psalm 1 gives us an observation, y'all, on how life is best lived. How to maximize blessedness or happiness, if you will. It, it encourages the reader to follow this recommended lifestyle. Not only this psalm, but several other psalms gives us uh, blueprints to achieve lasting happiness. Did you hear me? Lasting mm -hmm. happiness or blessedness as opposed to superficial or temporary happiness. Somebody said, if you're only happy on payday, you won't be happy long. Because <laughs> as soon as you get that check, you got to dish it back out to the bill collectors. Amen. Amen. But we don't want to get caught up in a superficial or temporary happiness. Listen to Psalm 32. Psalm 32 says, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Forgiveness of sin is a, is a form of happiness. It says, blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity in, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Psalm 41 verse 1 says, blessed is the one who considers the poor. Watch this, in the day of trouble, the Lord delivers him, the Lord protects him and keeps him alive. He is called blessed in the land. You do not give him up to the will of his enemies. Psalm 119, 1 through 3 says, blessed are those whose way is Blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. When you think about it, if you, it seems like the best way to realize true happiness or true blessedness is for it to be rooted in the ways of God. That is the true way to happiness or blessedness. It has to be are rooted in the ways of God. That's why the song says, Covet not this world's vain riches that so rapidly decay. Seek to gain the heavenly treasures. They would never pass away. I hope to, I hope to encourage someone this morning to build your hopes and your happiness on things eternal. In other words, as the song says, hold to God's unchanging hand. Amen. And I believe Jesus Christ would agree with us this morning. 
Because in Matthew chapter 5, he lays out a whole litany of blessings. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who meet for, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied or filled. Jesus has a whole litany of what it means to be blessed. So I stopped by to encourage you this morning to build your hopes on things eternal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Build your happiness on God and not stuff. Build your happiness on God and not people. Build your happiness on God and not seasons in your life. Amen. And as we get right into this text, the text spells out what it means to be blessed. A few things I want to point out to you. If you want to be blessed and truly happy, then you're going to have to create some boundaries in your life. Yeah. Did you hear me? Yeah. You're going to have to create some boundaries in your life. In other words, as we like to say, you just can't live all willy-nilly. Did you hear me this morning? You can't call yourself a blessed child of God, as we like to say, blessed and highly favored. <laughs> If you're blessed and highly favored, then there's some, there, there's some boundaries that are required for, for your life. Number one is, the first boundary is careful companionship. Yeah. Careful, this is the very first verse, yeah. careful companionship. Oh, yeah. A blessed person is extremely careful about who they attach themselves to. Oh, yeah. A blessed person must be very discerning about who they listen to. Amen. Careful about who has access to your ear. The, the very first verse, it makes a clear decision, or, or distinction rather. It says, uh, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of Scoffers. The text makes a distinction between the righteous and the unrighteous. Uh -huh. Here's what you want to know this morning. The blessed person distinguishes himself or herself from others in our actions and our desires. Okay. Uh -huh. This is important, y'all, because it when, when because who you attach yourself to, it impacts the direction of your life. Are you hearing me today? Uh -huh. are, are you hearing me on this Pentecost Sunday? Who, who you attach yourself to impacts the direction that your life may be headed. Oh yeah. In other words, uh, consequence is attached to companionship. There's a consequence attached to your companionship. The blessed person is extremely careful about companionship and relationship. Uh, I had to learn a long time ago I can't just get hooked up with any old body. Especially now as a pastor, I can't just get hooked up with any old body. You ought to have that same approach. There has to be a separation at some point. I can't do the things I used to do. I can't run the streets like I used to. I can't uh, hang out with certain people anymore. There has to be a separation. Amen. And we know what society says about separation. We separate people all the time. We, we separate the rich and the poor, the strong and the weak, the cultured and the uncultured, the haves and the have-nots. Amen? Amen. 
Uh, we separate we separate by race and class, black, white, brown, and all this, that, and the other. We, we separate upper class, middle class, and lower class. But God is simply saying in this text, there has to be a separation between the righteous and the unrighteous. There's a contrast in verse 1 between the child of God and those who are of the world. So careful companionship. But it requires a meticulous approach to three areas of your life. Number one, you got to pay attention to the source of your wisdom. Pay attention to the source of your wisdom. Here's the first thing. Avoid ungodly wisdom. James gives us, James, Brother James gives us a whole spill about where to get wisdom. James chapter 1 verse 5, he says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is like a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. We got to be careful about the source of our wisdom. So number one, we got to avoid ungodly wisdom. What is godly wisdom, or godly living rather, or godliness? Godliness is a, a reverent awareness of God's sovereignty over every aspect of our lives. We have to make a determination. If we're going to live godly, we have to be determined to honor Him in every aspect of our lives. That means we have to be committed to obeying God, even in the society we live in right now that is trending more secular every day. Avoid godly wisdom. Here it says, it says, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Or the King James says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That is, he or she, you and I, is not to give wisdom, counsel, or philosophy from an ungodly perspective. It's very dangerous because ungodly wisdom will poison your mind and lead you in the wrong way. We should always seek God for counsel or through those whom God sends our way. Godly counsel will steer you in the right direction. That's why the proverb says, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. But secondly, careful companionship, it requires us to have an aversion to sin. I hope y'all are hearing me this morning. An aversion to sin. An aversion is simply a, a a distaste or a hatred of sin. So number two, careful companionship, it requires us to avoid sinful ways. The blessed person, if you're going to consider yourself blessed, if you want to live a blessed or a happy life, you have to distance yourself from the sinful ways of sinners. Uh, second part of verse one, it says, nor stands in the way of sinners. I find that very interesting, y'all, because it shows a man in the counsel of the ungodly or the wicked. Watch this. If you stand in the counsel of the ungodly or the wicked, it devolves. Watch this. It devolves into standing in the way of sinners. Can y'all hear me this morning? It, watch this. It devolves into standing in the way of, in the way of sinners. It devolves. It means it, it goes down here. If it evolves, it gets better. If it devolves, it gets worse. It, it is a progression 
It's not progression, but it is a regression, y'all. It's, it's like a domino effect. Because the ungodly counsel will lead to sinful living. It begins by tuning in your ear to wicked or ungodly counsel. Then before you realize it, you're in the way of sinners. That's all the devil wants, y'all. That's all he wants. If he can get in your ear, then he can get in your head. Next thing you know, it's in your heart. Did you hear me? If he can get in your ear, he can get in your head, then he can get in your heart. This is why Proverbs chapter 4 tells us to guard your heart with all diligence because it determines the course of your life. If, if the devil can get you thinking ungodly or taking ungodly counsel, he's not going to have much trouble getting you to live in sinful ways. Amen. Amen. Here's the last piece about careful companionship. I love this. The blessed person must invest in a life of humility. I love it, y'all. A blessed person considers humility or being humble an asset, not a liability. Did you hear me? If you consider yourself blessed, a child of God, a disciple of Jesus Christ, you ought to consider humility an asset, not a liability. Because the world considers humility as a form of weakness. But God favors humility. God favors humility. I, I want to be on the side of God that favors humility. So number three, the blessed person should avoid scoffers or the scornful. Whichever version you read. A scoffer, watch this, is one who brags and boasts. Uh, one who is full of pride and arrogance. Yeah, yeah. That, that cannot be the behavior of the blessed people. Mm -hmm. Last part of verse 1, it says, Nor sits in the seat of, of scoffers. Mm -hmm. The NIV says, Or sit in the company of mockers. The King James says, Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Text is talking about the person who is proud of their sin, proud of their wickedness, and has no aversion to it. The text of verse 1 shows a cycle, y'all, we may go through when we get caught up with the wrong people. If you notice the text, it goes from walking, then standing, then sitting. It goes downhill, not uphill. I'm walking with the wicked. Next thing you know, I'm in Hanging out with the wicked. Yeah. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm sitting with the wicked. So the first point there is careful companionship. All right, all right. But here's the, here's the second point. There has to be consistent communion. Consistent communion. Blessed, blessedness or happiness means constantly seeking God. In other words, a blessed or a happy person has a consistent communion or consumption of the word of God and things concerning God. In other words, I want to tell you this morning, being blessed and happy or happy, it cannot be rooted in people. It cannot be rooted in people. But being blessed or happy, watch this, is the byproduct of being grounded in the divine spiritual nourishment provided by God. We have to be saturated in the word of God, y'all. We have to have a steady intake of scripture. The psalm, it, it takes a negative here. It goes from negative to positive, if you will. 
it contrasts the good versus the bad, so to speak. Verse 2 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. We have to have consistent communion with God. Psalm 32 verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. If you really look at it, verses 1 and 2, they show us that there is a choice to make. There's a choice to make. Two things about verse 2. Number one, we must appreciate God's word. It says we have to have a delight. That means we must simply love the word of God, have an affection for it. We should always treat it as a treasure, one of our most valued possessions. Many people can claim to be child, uh, followers of Christ. If you claim to be a follower of Christ, you must have a love for God's word. Amen. Yeah. I, I don't see how you can separate one from the other. Yeah. If, if, if you're blessed and highly favored, then you ought to have an appreciation and a love for God's word. Yeah. But then we also have to have a faithful approach to the word of God. Right. The contrast is that the vice of the wicked leads to destruction. Whereas delighting yourself in God's instruction leads to wholeness of life. Amen. Amen. The psalm celebrates God's word as a gift to us. A gift that provides a way to respond to the God who has given us new life. Amen. In other words, I've been saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a response, I need to delight myself in the word of God. Amen. This holy word would be a means of guidance, of teaching me, of instruction, coupled with the presence of of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Right, right. But not only must we love it. We must live it. Yeah. We must live the word of God. I love it because he says. On his law he meditates. Day and night. That's exactly what we need to do y'all. We need to love the word of God. And live the word of God. When we saturate ourselves with scripture. We love the word of God. And then we live the word of God. When we meditate on it day and night, then it has meaning and relevance to our lives. Are you hearing me this morning? Yeah. I, I feel like we need to turn the mic up a little bit. <laughs> when we meditate on it day and night, it has meaning and relevance. Uh, we can't treat it like a comic book. Uh, we, can't treat it, we can't treat it like the daily newspaper is good today, but it's trash tomorrow. But we have to meditate on it day and night. It doesn't... It's not restrictive. It's not oppressive. It's not a bunch of silly rules. It is a blessing to all of us. Amen. But then there is meditation. There is method to the meditation. Meditation then becomes demonstration. All right. We meditate on it. Then it becomes action as we apply it to our lives. I love that. Because God told Joshua, he says, to meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to to all that is written in it. Yeah. Then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Did you hear that? God told Joshua to meditate on it. But to do it. Yeah. But to do it. Yeah. Love it and also live it. Right. Uh, make observations. But then application as well. Right. Jesus has some thoughts about that as well. Luke 8, 28, Jesus says, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. I love that. The New Living Translation, Luke 28, Jesus says, put it into practice. So there is careful companionship. 
There is consistent consumption of the word, and I'm almost done. The last thing about this psalm is sustained success. Sustained success. What does that mean? Being blessed or being happy is more than words on paper. It's more than lyrics to a song. When we're truly blessed and live the way that God has designed for us to live, it becomes tangible evidence in our lives. Oh, yeah. Happy or blessed people are those who realize sustained success and also exhibit spiritual maturity. Are you hearing me today? Yes. Blessed people live productive lives that are able to withstand the test of time. It is, it is important, y'all, for us to continue to mature as believers and disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. The thing I, love, the thing I love about Psalm 1 is that it gives us the prescription to do that. Consider verse 3. It says, if we get everything right in verses 1 and 2, then verse 3 sets the conditions. It says, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit. In season, and his leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. In other words, if I get verses 1 and 2 right, some things are going to fall in place. Uh, spiritual maturity will manifest. Amen? My character will begin to take shape or even reshape. Amen? The writer uses a figure of speech here to say that a righteous person is like a tree. Some things will begin to show in my life. Number one, I will have stability. Uh, he is like a tree planted by the water. The part of verse 3 contrasts with verse 4. He said, verse 4, the wicked are not so, but are like shade that the wind drives away. You know, when storms come, just like storms come in the earth, storms come in our lives, y'all. And, and often the storm, when the storm and severe weather comes, it brings high winds. Amen. Life, life sometimes brings winds of adversity and difficulty sometimes come, but the tree, a, a strong tree, yeah. remains in place because the tree is planted, yeah. it is deeply rooted, it is grounded. Amen. Yeah. When we're grounded in the things of God, nothing can blow us away. When we're rooted and grounded in the things of the Lord Jesus Christ, every wind that blows will not harm us. Amen. Oh, yeah. Every wind that blows will not change our minds and turn us in the opposite direction. But we, he says he planted by streams of water. Yes. Paul says in Colossians 1, if he continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Amen. Amen. That's the way we have to be, y'all. That's the yes. way we will be. We will we'll be rooted in faith. Yes. We'll be grounded. We'll be settled. We'll be Unmovable. Amen. Amen. When we delight ourselves in the word of God and the things of God, we become like a tree Amen. that God has planted. Amen. Oh, yeah. I love David. David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Thank you, God. We show stability, y'all. We won't get blown away like chaff. You ever been in the desert? You seen some weeds just blowing around? Uh, if you're not rooted and grounded in God, you'll get blown around by every wind. But when we're rooted and grounded in God, the storm will come, but it won't blow us away. But the second thing you will you will 
be productive. Yeah. Notice the verse also says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season. Yeah. In other words, sustained success is about bearing fruit. Let me tell you, God did not call us to be dormant. God did not call us to be inactive disciples. Amen. The scripture says we got to bear fruit. And even Jesus, he commands us to bear fruit. John 15, Jesus says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should Remain. That's a sign of spiritual maturity, y'all. That we would bear fruit. And we know what the fruits of the Spirit look like. This, this fruit that grows on godly trees is also the fruit of, of the Spirit. Amen. Yeah. But if we're like chafe in verse 4, we won't, we won't bear any fruit because we're unstable. We'll get blown away when the wind comes. Amen. We, we follow every trend. If we're, not like, if we're not rooted, we'll follow every trend. We try to latch on to every fan, amen. We try to follow every new teaching that comes along. We, we try to chase after everything that the world has to offer. But I come to tell you this morning, chase after God. And he will take care of you, amen. You ought to want to be rooted or planted like a tree by the water, amen. But here's the third thing. You, you will show consistency when you're planted like a tree that's rooted in God. You will be consistent. Amen. Verse 4 says, and whose leaf does not wither. Verse 3, I'm sorry, whose leaf does not wither. You know trees, you know nature. Uh, trees are brown in the fall and green in the summer. But if you're rooted in God, you'll be fruitful all year round. Amen. You'll be fruitful in every season of your life. You will be a consistent disciple in season and out of season. Amen. When you're rooted in God, you'll always be in season. Amen. You won't turn brown like the leaves in the winter. You won't die like some old grass in the yard. You won't fade away like an unkept flower bed. But when you're rooted in things of God, you don't have to worry about rotting or fading away. Because you will be consistent. Amen. How many know that the Lord will take care of you? Amen. But then the last thing, and we're out. You will show prosperity. That's, that's the final piece of sustained success. First three again says, and all that he does, he prospers. He prospers. Now, I don't want you to get it twisted now. A lot of times we hear the word prosper or prosperity, we think about money. Prosperity is not always about money. Amen. Don't get it twisted. It's, it's not a, it, this, this verse is not talking about hitting the Powerball. Amen. Amen. It's, it's not talking about hitting the, hitting the slot machine at the new casino in Portsmouth. Amen. Don't get it twisted. That's not the kind of prosperity the writer is talking about here. It simply means that God is going to have his hand on your life. Amen. I love it because... And all that he does, he will prosper. In other words, you will have the favor of God on your life, on your ministry, on your business, or whatever the case may be. God will prosper you. Amen. 
It, it is the continual achieving of the will of God for your life. That is the prosperity God wants us to have. Amen. He says it's not so. It's not so with the ungodly. Sometimes we make the mistake, y'all, of trying to look at what everybody else has going on. And we look at them and they got it all together. And we make the mistake of equating that they're living the hot life as if they got it better than we do. We look at the materialism and the worldly prosperity and it gives us a false illusion of what prospering is really about. Because if the truth be told, they can have a whole lot of stuff. But still not have true happiness. They, they can have a whole lot of stuff, but still not be truly blessed by God. You ought to be careful about coveting and uh, envying what other people have. Because what God has for you, it is for you. Amen. The scripture says, whatever he does, he prospers. It doesn't say, I'm going to prosper you like the rest of them. The, the, the text is singular in nature. Amen. He prospers. Amen. Don't covet what everybody else got going on. Stay away from comparison. Comparison is the greatest thief to your joy. Amen. Amen. Our hope and faith is in Jesus Christ, not the world. As the old song says, all other ground is sinking sand. The text is not promising a mansion. It's not saying we're going to wear the finest clothes and eat caviar every night. It's simply saying that God is going to take care of us. And that he will provide all of our needs. Amen. Sometimes good may come. Sometimes storms may come. But I'm still holding on to his hand. Amen. I'm still holding to his unchanging hand. No matter what may come. I'm like a tree planted by the water. Amen. And Paul says I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthened me? Paul, Paul learned the secret of Psalm 1 that the blessed man or woman, and whatever they did, if they were connected to God, if they keep their hands in God's hand, they would prosper. Amen. Yeah. And so here we are on this Pentecost Sunday. In order to realize true blessedness or happiness, be careful about your companions, be, kissed, be consistent in your communion with God. And then you will realize sustained success. Amen. Amen. But the good news is at the end of the text. And I love it. It says, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Did you hear me? That's, that's good news. In other words, if you're doing it, if God has his eyes on you. Amen. He says, the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. In other words, every day will be like Pentecost. Because when I go God's way, I'll have his presence. I'll have his promise and his power. Amen. And I don't have to celebrate Pentecost just one time a year. I can, I can celebrate, celebrate Pentecost every day. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. Amen. I, I have Pentecost every day because the Holy Spirit is with me wheresoever I shall go. Amen. I can celebrate Pentecost every day because God gives me his presence. Amen. He, he fulfills his promises. Amen. And he, he gives us his power. Amen. 
knows the, the way of the righteous. In other words, his presence is magnified in our lives because he knows the way of the righteous. When I go the way of the Lord, I, I can think about what old David says. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. Are you hearing me today? So when I go the right way, I, I understand as David says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's what it's all about, being blessed. Pentecost is every day. God knows the way of the righteous. Amen. Uh, I don't have to get dressed up in all white like we do on Pentecost because Pentecost is every day because the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Careful companionship. Consistent communion. But then God will have his hands on our lives. And we will prosper. Come on, give God praise. Let's pray, God, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your hand on our lives. God, I pray now that this word would take root in the hearts of your people. And God, that we would live out the words on the pages of this Bible. And I pray that your word would encourage someone today, that whoever came in here looking for an answer of Pray that your word has met them right where they needed, them, needed it to meet them. In Jesus' name. Thank you and amen. Come on, stand to me. A moment of power. It's a moment of power with Pastor Johnny Henderson being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Connect with them by visiting their website, lzmbc.net. Pastor Henderson, Lady Henderson, and the Little Zion family want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you will not miss a moment of power.